Hello, everybody. This is Alex Barthet with TheLeanZone.com. Today, we're here again um, with Mr. Huffman. How are you doing today? What's up, Mr. Barthet? Repeat uh, visitors. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You seem to be quarantined in a very nice place, or is that a background? I, no, no, no. It's a very nice place. Uh, place in the water in Mexico, you know, left Miami, and uh, it's very beautiful down here. There's nobody here quarantined on the beach. That's the nice thing about uh, remote working, right? You could be anywhere. It yeah. doesn't matter. No, um, no, I'm here in Miami. This is a this is a virtual background of your Zoom meeting here. So right, make makes you feel good, right? Little 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 <laughs> yeah, escape makes, makes everybody else feel good too. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about uh, what happens when your employees tested positive for COVID nineteen on a job site. What what do you what do you do? Um, you know, we're starting to hear about it more and more. But before we dive right in, Brent, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? So my name is Brent Hoffman. I'm a board certified safety professional. I specialize in the construction industry. I've been doing, I've been in the construction industry 16 years. I'm a professor at FIU. I teach the construction safety courses. Over there, I specialize in the OSHA safety side of things. So I guess this is right up my alley. Okay, so I'm a plumber, roofer, electrician, drywall contractor. I've been working and uh, one of my guys calls me and says, uh, I'm not feeling so Not hot. feeling good. Yeah, I got this dry cough, my chest. Um, I'm having a hard time breathing. So now what do you do like what what is the protocol what what are the best steps i mean i'm i'm assuming the first thing you got to do is make sure he or she is okay right you you should go to the you should go to the doctor go to the clinic go to the hospital get tested get take care of yourself right so let's let's think about this in two different aspects so we've got our legal uh, you know grounds of what we're standing on here our legal obligations and then our moral obligations Sure. Well, I think right, right at this very minute, we're we're really in the moral obligation point of this pandemic. We really haven't figured out what the legal ramifications are going to be if an employee does a test positive. They were exposing other people to the coronavirus, and then what's happened to those people? Have they have they lost work? Have they ended up in a hospital? Uh, have they lost have they lost time from work? Those are all different things that are interrelated with, uh, with when it comes to now the legal part of the situation, which is what do we do with OSHA? So uh, I've gotten a lot of moral questions uh, thrown at me. Uh, what do I do? What do I tell my employees? Do I check everybody's temperature when I come to work? Uh, what, what do I, you know, do I have to provide them face masks when they come to work? You know, the, whether it's a surgical mask or an N95 mask, do I, do well, I have to let, offer let, hand sanitizer to everybody? Let, let's break. Let's break this down, right? Because these are all questions that people need to know, or I should say, want to know the answer to, um, because it's important. So, um, right? If if someone is sick, let's go. Let's let's visit. Let's visit. The, uh, we'll visit the sick part in a minute. But okay. let's let's say everybody's healthy at your okay. office or at your workplace because eventually alex you're going to open your office back up correct you, you you have an obligation under the osha rules and regulations to protect all of your employees 
when they come to work. So if your form of protection is working from home, that's an administrative control that you've put in place to separate all of your employees. Now right. you're going to bring everybody back into one place anymore. That administrative control isn't going to work. You're going to then say, okay, now that you've come back to the office, now everybody has to stay six feet apart from one another. Then everybody has to wear a mask in your office. Now you're talking about PPE controls. Correct. So you're addressing the same hazard with different types of controls. I'll give you another example of a control. That's a, a barrier, some kind of a plexiglass shield, what you're seeing uh, put up at the supermarkets right. or at the stores where you're going, that's an engineering control, some type of barrier that you're restricting your access to the other person. So across the board, they're all kind, there's, these are all kinds of controls. Now, at the end of the day, it's the employer's sole responsibility to protect their employees when they come to work. So you choose whatever control you want. There's obviously a hierarchy of controls, and we can go through those, or you can look them up on OSHA's website or Google. Just Google hierarchy of controls, and they'll see the different levels which you should you should go to first before you jump to PPE, because PPE is the last level of control. So if you're going to bring everybody together, you've got to offer some kind of mask or some type of face protection where you're not allowing your employees to if they're talking to one another, if they're going to have the, you know, a projectile spray from their normal course of, of, of talking to one another, that's, that's what the virus is transmitted by. So, so I'm, uh, I've got a, a crew of people on my job site. Um, I need to make sure I give them adequate PPE if, if that's what I decide to do. So whether it's masks, gloves, yeah. you know, and there's municipal ordinances now that have put in, been put in place all over South Florida, effectively requiring that. Um, yes. So the employer needs to provide all of that to his uh, or her employees. Um, Absolutely. So now someone calls in sick and says, I'm not feeling hot. Uh, they go get tested and now they test positive, right? So what's today? Today's Friday. So you get the phone call, they've been out for two days, um, they get the test results today. Um, so what do I do as an employer? So How do I start is, is already, tracing back where is, they were? This is already, yeah, that's the hard part about this because people go different places when they leave work. So what I've been encouraging uh, workers to do and employers to tell their employees, and we'll go back to your first question in a minute, but have your employees that are working on a specific job, don't follow the other guidelines of just, hey, Go home after you finish work. Don't go out and do your regular course of activities. Uh, pretend like you're a non-essential worker when you go home. Don't, you don't want to infect your work family the same way you don't want to infect your, your home family. You got, you know, most people are spending uh, you know, more time at work with their work family than they are really at home with their home family. So that's one recommendation I've been making. Uh, the other one, I've, I've had it happen twice already. Uh, an employee was at work, not feeling well, went to the doctor, got the prescription to go get the test for the coronavirus, got the test, was reported as positive, and then notified his employer. So then we come back to the, to the we return back to the scene and say, hey, everybody that was on this job site, you need to quarantine for 14 days. I believe that was the CDC guideline that they, they, they put out 
for making sure that we don't have this spread if you were around somebody that was in, infected with the virus. But then who, who else were those people around? So it becomes a very trickle down effect into the, you know, the surrounding people that you were around. And then, you know, how do you determine, this is the problem that a lot of people were having. So you had a person that, that got tested for the coronavirus and they tested positive. Now they come back and they miss work. Is it a work-related injury? So OSHA has been providing guidance to us. Uh, we got some guidance this, the beginning of this week, and we got some guidance the beginning of last week. And they published uh, some guidance this week that said that, moral, um, that OSHA would accept some type of goodwill faith and how they're dealing with these different cases. What's goodwill faith? Well, that's the employer showing his good faith that he's keeping his employees distance. He's making sick people stay home. He's providing masks. He's providing hand sanitizer. He's putting the barriers up. Those are all kinds of controls they're looking at. So they want the employers to have good faith and not retaliate against workers. That's another thing that they've seen. Well, you know, the, the, the complicated part of. about the, the coronavirus is you could get it anywhere, right? So I was at Alex, work. Alex, you, you could have the coronavirus. I could have the coronavirus. We could be asymptomatic. You don't know. Correct. Correct. And, and, wh and where did I get it? Maybe, maybe it's when I went to the supermarket, right? You have no idea. So I think, young, you know, from a legal perspective, just, I think these folks are going to have a hard time proving if these cases come, um, come to court, you know, they're going to have to have a lot of proof to be able to show that someone got the coronavirus in the course of their employment or at a job site. Not not just that. Look at the Florida statue. If, if you're if you're out of work and you're you have a sickness or an illness and you can't come back to work, you're on a workers' comp claim too. Correct. So it's not right. just a legal. Uh, I'm I'm going to sue my employer because they terminated me for not coming back to work because I had the coronavirus or I I had to quarantine at 14 days at home because a family member was got subject with the coronavirus and tested positive. So there's I think there's employers out there that have retaliated against workers that one, either won't come to work or two, uh, have decided to stay home for 14 days. Remember, it's not just, you could feel uncomfortable coming to work because there's other people, the, the potential of you contracting the virus by not staying at, at home. Yeah, we, we, so there's, we there's dove into this topic uh, in great detail when we had our friend George Rivero, the former area director for the Department of Labor, um, talk to me on this video and podcast about those issues, um, uh, about whether or not an employee has the right not to come to work because they're afraid. Um, but I think we're, we're skipping over the, the really hard question, which is the hardest question, right? I'm an employer, my, per, my, my employee tested positive, you know, who do I have to tell? And I get it. There's, there's the OSHA component, there's the moral component, and then there's the um, legal, where can I get sued component to this, the, which is- The OSHA shit component. It's very, exactly. It's very tricky. I get it, you know? But, um, but let's, let's get into it, right? So is the advice to tell the contractor or the owner that, 
um, my employee tested positive for the coronavirus. He told me today, it's Friday. He's been on the job for the last, you know, month, um, going up and down the job in the buck hoist, in the elevator, talking to people, running meetings, you know, all with a mask and socially distanced and all that other stuff that was happening. But do I have to, to tell him, what does OSHA tell us, if anything, on notice to other people? Nothing, nothing. That's the problem right now is that we're dealing with a new situation where it, it can, this is similar to if somebody has a cold and they come to work and give the cold to somebody else and cause that person to be out of work for a couple of days. We just don't know where the virus, who has it, who's spreading it, where it's going, who's even got it. That's the tricky part is you're asymptomatic. You don't know if you're transmitting it to somebody else. On the legal That's side, why, Dave. on the legal side, you know, depending on your contract and depending on, um, you know, what jurisdiction you're in, but generally speaking, if, if you know that someone has tested positive and has had significant exposure um, to the people on a job site, um, you know, generally speaking, you're going to have to tell them that. Yeah, but I think that's more of a moral obligation than a legal obligation. Wouldn't you say? I mean, that's out of respect for your owner to give them the foresight to say, hey, listen, I, I want to give you the ability to make a business decision for your company, for this developer, for this general contractor over here to say, hey, I think it's in the best interest for us not to be working on this site with so many people that can't do tasks that require them to be within six feet. And hey, we might not have face coverings or masks for everybody or hey, who, who's, who's complying with the rules? Maybe we haven't, you know, we have, we have people that aren't complying with it. So it's, it's a tricky situation. It's very I, tricky, I, but you know, there are contract I, provisions in many owner contractor contracts in many subcontracts that say, you know, that broadly define hazardous conditions and notice to the contractor or owner. Um, notice of an injury or a claim, um, you know, that, you know, this is, you, you, you said it's, you know, you, you, you made reference to a cold, but, you know, this is obviously much more significant than a cold. Oh, such ab that, absolutely. We haven't that, dealt that, with something. That I think you need to give people the notice. Now, let me, I'll give you an interesting story. Um, we had a client who, um, found out that one of the people in his organization who is a mechanic for the equipment on various job sites um, tested positive. Uh, now, he doesn't interact with people on the job site. He goes there, he checks the fuel level of the equipment for his own company. And if, it, if that piece of equipment needs servicing, he services it in the field. He, he rarely um, uh, interacts with anybody. Um, you know, do, do you have to tell the owner of the contractor that that person that stepped foot on the job site, uh, had the coronavirus, you know, probably not because he didn't interact with anybody. He, he came, he, you know, checked the oil of the backhoe and then left. Um, that's a burden of proof though, right? You have to, I mean, it, that's the tricky part about this. 
I think the context is important. I, I don't think you yes. can make these decisions in, in the abstract. Like well, if, if someone if tests you, positive, you absolutely have to tell everyone in the world. True. If you had an employee at your office, Alex, that tested positive for coronavirus, your office is shut down. Everybody's sitting at home. So you would make sure that that person didn't come back to work for 14 days. They quarantined themselves. Correct. The problem with construction is it's so dynamic. There's so many different pieces to the puzzle that are moving around and different, you know, we have people that are working on this job site one day, they finish up and they're on a job site another day. They may never show any symptoms of coronavirus, but they could be transmitting it. So how do you, this is, this is the knowingly and willingly part of the equation when we jump into the legal portion of it to say, okay, you, you knew the person had coronavirus, you, you had documentation, they told you about it, and you still let them go to the work, the, the job site, and infect other people. Right. That's, the, that's the willful part of the, the, the situation that we're dealing with. But that's the burden of proof that lies on the employer to, to defend himself. That's why, which is why, which is why are saying, hey, you need to tell me about it as soon as you find out. Yes, yes. And by the way, we're, we're hearing situations of employees because they need the paycheck, because they need the work, that they're not telling their employer um, timely, right? Not just, not just so that they don't uh, get retaliated against, but also they, like you see, they can't, if you, if you told your employer that you had the coronavirus, do you think at 14 days they're going to invite you back to their office to work again? No, they're going to drag that out as long as possible. There's people, a lot of people in this country can't, can't afford to sit at home for a month with no paycheck. A lot of people that can't miss one paycheck altogether. So it's, right. that, that's another reason why people aren't, aren't saying it. And another reason why people aren't quarantining themselves at house, at the, at the house and staying home because they have to work. But and, and, you and know, one, one, of the, one of the interesting issues um, as well is that we're seeing a lot of job sites requiring contractors, subcontractors, suppliers, delivery people to affirmatively make representations about their condition before they step foot on the job site, which creates another issue. So we had another client call us and say, oh, we have someone tested positive. Um, What do we do? And I said, well, what does your contract say? We looked at the contract. And were you asked to make representations? Because we saw that now, for now, a couple of weeks, probably going on almost a month, that contractors are saying, you know, fill out this form for everyone that's showing up on the job site. Have you been to a place with, where there's a coronavirus outbreak? Have you come from New York? Have you had a temperature? Um, do you have a dry cough, right? So have you made any, have you or your employees made any representations or misrepresentations before you stepped foot on the job site um you know and is that going to impact what you decide to say in my opinion uh brent i think uh disclosing more is likely better for you than disclosing less all things being equal like if we have to pick what to do or not do Sure. It's better to know what to do with the truth than to guess about who's got what and who knows what. And the, yeah, and try to cover can, things up. Can, I mean, it's it easier becomes, to play chess when all the pieces are in play. 
Yes, yes. And, you know, there are lots of creative and hungry attorneys looking to try to make uh, things happen with this coronavirus and missteps on the part of contractors because they, you know, uh, said things that they shouldn't have said or didn't say things they should have said could create liability. Uh, if for I you. can make one recommendation to everybody that's out there listening, do not retaliate against your employees for bringing up a concern, a safety concern that would expose them or somebody else to coronavirus. You are setting yourself up for the basis of a lawsuit for them to come in and then use the coronavirus as a crutch to then get, get you for something. Be open, work with the employees, get, be, take some moral responsibilities opposed to just saying, oh, well, this is what OSHA says and this is the legal responsibility. I don't think we're into that phase yet. I think we really need to be focusing on our morals and treating our employees with the utmost respect, especially the ones that are taking the risk and coming to work right now. Because let's, let's, let's be clear, it's a, it's a huge risk to go out and go into the workforce and go to the grocery store and be an essential worker. I mean, just it's, it's not just the frontline workers and the healthcare workers. I mean, yeah, they're super exposed because they're dealing with the known people that they that they have the coronavirus, but the 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 rest of the public out there, you don't know who around you has it. So now we've decided. Okay, we found out our employee has it. We've notified the contractor, the owner. Um, how about remediation? Um, is that something that you've been dealing with? You know, cleaning. Um, I know the CDC has a tremendous amount of resources on their website about cleaning. There are now services that will come in and clean for you. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I've seen some job sites that have had gotten cleaning done on the, on the, on the, on the building side that's more prevalent than on the civil side. They're, they're making the one thing that I would say that I've really seen good is they're documenting all the workers that were on the job site and then making certain that they, they do quarantine themselves for 14 days and not go to another job site. So, but that's the, that's the employer's responsibility to make sure that that happens. Uh, the, other, the other thing that I want to make note is uh, uh, make sure that you're keeping your OSHA recordable and your reportable uh, cases documented for this because they are going to appear on our OSHA logs for 2020. So, so I need to now make sure that my confirmed cases of coronavirus are documented, if, correct? Yeah, if you had, if you had any uh, employee that lost days of work due to a positive case of coronavirus, that would be a recordable case. And if you had an employee that became hospitalized because of coronavirus, that would then be a reportable case, which you would need to contact OSHA and tell them that you had a positive case for coronavirus. So that is, this is very, very important. That is work related. Not just that somebody got coronavirus at home, they stayed home for 14 days, but they contracted the coronavirus at work. See, but, but okay, you know, just when I thought I, we were going to end this, look, end this call, I'm, you kind of rope us right back in. Well, how do I know that? How do I know? You don't. That's the problem with this whole thing. You don't know where you contracted it from. That's the problem. So my employee calls me and says, I've got the coronavirus, right? He's been working, she's been working for me every day for the last month, right? 
how do I do I report to OSHA? Do I not report to OSHA? I need an answer, Brent. I need an answer. What do I tell them? Well, don't you don't report to OSHA because he wasn't hospitalized. So if you had an employee that was was at your office, got got the coronavirus, and then he kept working and he exposed other others to the coronavirus, that would be definitely a work related uh, case, which would be a recordable case, which you would note on your your OSHA log. But you you want to make sure that you have an affirmative answer on some of this stuff and. If you're if you're on the fences or you're you're uncertain about it, you know that those are the. I mean, it it you're asking me a to give you a definitive answer to what there is none. We just try to provide guidance on a, on a case by case basis and ask people to to you know think with their morals and not just as a legal perspective. That's what I've been trying to do. I, I, which which I would say probably leads most people to say if that's if that's going to be their guidance then they probably have to report right because yeah i don't know that yeah. my employee got it at Publix always, when he went home always err on the side you can always err on the side of caution right there's no let, let's be clear right there's no penalty for reporting the fact reporting an a a coronavirus positive result to if, OSHA. If the person right. if the person did not get hospitalized, it wouldn't be reportable. It's only if they're hospitalized. Right. If they're not hospitalized and they got the coronavirus and they missed work, then it would just be a recordable, which would be put on your OSHA logs. Correct. So make, make sure you make sure that the, the, the distinguish the two between each other. Now if, if they go get now if they go to the hospital, right? Again, I'm not exactly sure. No one is exactly sure where they got the coronavirus. But if I, if I report that fact to OSHA, that by itself doesn't create a fine for me, right? No, no, no. They, I mean, they could do an inspection on, on your facility to find out if you got hundreds of people that are coming up with the coronavirus, and they probably will if you do that. But one or two, they're, they're, they're so consumed right now, in my opinion, with protecting the healthcare workers that uh, every, everybody else right now is being asked to you know, give your best intent to help the situation. And so, this, is, this is the reason why I think it's so difficult to return to an environment of work right now, or something like that I'm, I'm a part of is working at the at Florida National University. How, how can we return to a new, new normal of in-class open university system with known coronavirus? It's not going to happen. You can't, you can't with any good uh, I think the Alberto Cavajo, the superintendent of Miami-Dade schools, is it, it would not be prudent for us to open up schools right now. Therefore, I do not believe it would be prudent to open up the university or to open up a large office where you're going to have multiple people working in a closed-in environment with recirculated air. It's not, it just doesn't make sense to me right now when I hear no, if all of these... If we go back to the to the reporting of my hospitalized employee, um, if I report it to OSHA, I don't get fined because I reported it, no. it's, it's, right? But if I don't report it, and he, and uh, this employee says, "Oh no, no, I got it when I was at work," I, I could be fined. I got it, Alex. There was thirty other people that have a positive coronavirus case in my office. Yeah, then you got a problem on your hands. Correct. Correct. So. And, and I'm sure OSHA is getting a lot of calls right now about work-related coronavirus, and they've published uh, some, you know, some guidance on it. 
And I, I would the one thing that OSHA is doing good right now is they're they're providing a, a an email to everybody uh, that gives a daily tip on coronavirus. And I've asked a lot of people to sign up to it. You can go to OSHA.gov uh, website and it's on their main page. And if you're actively working in a construction business, every morning that email's there. Talk to your people about that subject of coronavirus. Keep that topic going on a daily basis on your toolbox talks, uh, just notifying your employees and keeping it on the, the, in, the, in the front of everybody's mind right now. Good. Brent, if folks wanted to ask you some questions uh, or wanted to follow up with you, what's the best way to do it? Uh, hit me up on the website. Uh, www.corpsafetysolutions.com. You can send me an email, brent at corpsafetysolutions.com. Uh, you can get me on LinkedIn and, uh, and I'm on Instagram too. Corp well, uh, I'll Solutions. put all of your contact information in the show notes as well so people can get it there. Brent, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Hopefully one day soon, you'll be able to go to a place as nice as the background in your Zoom meeting. Yes. And, and I want everybody just take care of, uh, of your loved ones and your family. And don't forget about your, your loved ones and your family at work too. I appreciate it, Brent. We'll talk soon. All right. Yeah, man. Awesome, bro. All right. Good. Let me hit. Sorry, stop. man. It's hard.